let's continue. So, so Lynn, go ahead. Let's uh, give us something else here to chew on. Yeah, I love Let that story, this. by the way. It was great. Chris. That was awesome. I love it. Good, good food for thought. Yeah, definitely. Well, I will say this. I mean, I, I personally feel in that case you're dealing with a story in a case here that involves just strongly on the belief of could this be possible? And you all bring up very good points. And it, it's important because as researchers and more importantly as podcasters, we always have these little debates on what could possibly be this. And if anything, the whole dogman theory is debate because we don't know for sure what's what. Because we still have a lot of questions to ask because we don't know really what's going on in, in the field because there's just too much. And we can only run by theory, but I feel that there's just way too many running around. And I'm not someone to get controversial. I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm just simply saying that I feel that for right for us to do what we believe but at the same time know that it's just opinion – but we can only go by so much data. That's why it's important to go out there and get more data. And one of the things I do on my show is this Dogman States. And the state episodes I do is I tend to do these for a few reasons. First reason is because I want to get more data. And I also want to reach out to people who've had encounters. But these encounters, of course, if they've never talked about them or – they it's something brief and but it's still data because it connects all dots to certain locations and it showcases where they are located how far they are apart from each other and then more importantly what resources are around the environments that's why they keep them there whether it's certain nutrients or there's more prey or livestock location which currently right now i'm working on an episode in kentucky and there's a brief part where I talk about mutilations on farms and I think in many of the cases that I've collected and I'm not going to try to get gory here but I'm, I'm going to simply just say this that when you guys probably hear about when Sasquatch kill an animal you've probably heard of times where they've snapped the necks and other times they probably gotten a little violent, but then they hear cases of dogmen and animal mutilation. There's this case in Kentucky that happened nearly almost a decade ago involving a woman who had went outside one morning and saw her horses brutally slashed and goats' tongues were ripped out of their mouths and stuff, and they were sliced open and stuff. It was a very brutal case, and... You know, when it comes to dogmen, I feel sometimes in many cases that we could be dealing with something that is not normal. I'm sure you guys have thought that too. Like, do you guys think that when they're like that, the or if that's the case, is this a typical dogman behavior of a flesh and blood? Or do you feel it would be more along the lines of something supernatural like demon wise? I mean, you can look at it f through either lens. You could look at it through the lens of supernatural. You could look at it through the lens of, of the physical here and now. Uh, supernatural, you know, I would say in in case such as the one you mentioned that happened a decade ago over there in Kentucky, you know, had the per you know, I'd have to ask the questions. Had this person been having 
lots of supernatural for I guess to use layman's terms, a lot of ghost paranormal activity. stuff like that activity happening on the property before this. Right. And if the answer is no, then 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 to me, you know, it'd be hard for me to consider that if if, if you know, she hadn't had it. But then that would have me look on the other side, the, the the physical part and knowing what we know now. And there's probably many locals in that area who've lived near where this lady that had that hor- the, her horses torn up. Right. There's probably many locals around there that's lived there for a long, long time could probably tell you stories about what they've seen out in and around their property or when they go out hunting. And so I would lean to the to, to the side of the physical. And with that, I'd say, you know, it could be that they were, you know, they're trying to send a message. Say, hey, get out of here. We're tired of you being here. You know, that that's a potential because going on displaying that human level intelligence, they could be having that type of forethought. I think it'd be interesting to actually be able to talk to the people around there. Yeah, that would see be if cool. what they've seen because I know when I was working out by the lake, there was a horse. There's a horse ranch that was not far out there, and a couple of the horses got just tore up. Right, and I remember the lady was talking to one of the people that that lived out in the property where I was guarding, and she was saying that there was no way that that was a mountain lion. She said that the that the that the canine the tracks were very canine. And at that time, I remember telling my cousin and my brother that we were working out there, you know, that what is that? That's very weird. And I know Scorpion had was kind of spooked at that time because he was hearing noises out in the woods. And he was like, I don't want to be out here because he didn't have a vehicle. Right. Oh. At that time, he was like, I don't want to be out here because what is this? You know, because we all were very aware that Dogman existed. And I don't think this lady had any clue. And, of course, me being a professional setting i didn't go ma'am you're dealing with a dog man i i i I know all about these creatures let me tell you i saw one back in 19 and then she would be like you need to fire that guy because he's crazy (laughs) so i didn't say anything about it but in my mind chris i'm looking at my guys and they're looking at me and we're making faces as soon as she left you know i she was distraught and i didn't tell our client either you know what i think you're dealing with because i'm just wasn't going to do that but we all had talked about it, and we were like, that's got to be something. And we were hearing very weird noises out there at that time. You know, we were seeing things and hearing things, and um, I, nobody saw a dog man per se, but we heard things, and we smelled things, and everybody was a lot. It was, was kind of spooked, you know, and they were passing out flyers. The sheriff's department, I believe, was passing out uh, flyers blaming a coyote i believe they were saying it was coyotes Mm -hmm. that were snatching up animals and i'm going like because of the canine tracks yeah but i don't believe that that's what that was i think that it was something else yeah you know speaking about that that particular uh incident you know josh i'm thinking coyotes are not that big the, no. the biggest they get, 60. If you get a good-sized coyote that's, like, over oversized for a coyote, he may get 70 pounds. Even koi wolves, and we have them yeah. out here. Now. Yeah, and we They're have koi wolves. But to, to take on a full-sized horse. horse. Even a pack of them wouldn't do that. I mean, no. you you And even if they did, you'd be able to see the size. Uh, uh, you'd be able to see the size This was a mother. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, not a mother. What do a you mare. call it? A mare and a, and a colt. You and know, a colt, like a, yeah. Like a now, they would, take, they would take the colt before they would even yeah, but think they, about they, messing they, with she, the mare. I think she was defending it, and uh-huh. whatever it was, just, just, just tore her up. Oh, wow. And they had to put her down, and they just found her, like, with one leg just hanging, you know, like. Mm-hmm. So it was large, and the tracks, according to this woman, because I heard it from her mouth, you know, that 
it was canine because you could see the claws on there. The the, the, right. the pads, you don't see the the claws on a cat. No, you don't. They they retract. And of course, we got a lot of big cat sightings out here too. Yeah, and I'm talking did. large big cats, not little like a panther or a bobcat. No, no, no. <laughs> not only even talking about a, a jaguar. I'm talking about people seeing them the size of Toyotas. You know, like. I mean that that's a that's another cryptid we have down here. You know, people claim to see these oversized large black cats. Mm-hmm. People claiming to see them walk on two legs. You know, but this woman was pretty adamant that it wasn't. Um, she was supposed to come back and, and and show tracks. She I I was not there when she returned. You know, so it was just the the owner of the property, and of course I didn't push the issue with the owners of the property and be like, hey, man, you got a werewolf running around out here because they're going to think I'm off of my rocker and then I'm probably going to be out of a job. So I just kept my mouth shut and I didn't really, I didn't speculate with them. Um, but there was a little bit of fear going on, you know, at that time. And of course, this was well over a decade ago, but what was it? I mean, we don't know. We're left to speculate. I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've seen this before. I had a, a friend of mine whose, whose parents were raising sheep out near Giddings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that something had just slaughtered them all in one night. And, you know, I remember my friend's stepmom actually using the words demonic. Wow. Cause she was like, I don't, I don't know that she was saying a demon rose up out of the ground or flew from the sky or something and, and delivered the death blow to these sheep. But she said the, the way that she worded it was almost like, she's like, it was like, it was like, it was some demonic entity that did this, you know, because, it like took bites out of different the different animals, like mm-hmm. it chewed them, you know. And then, of course, the, the sheriff's department, I think, is who dealt with it. And they said, I think what the what they had said to my friend's dad and his stepmom was that it was that they had been killed, eaten partially, and then scavenged later, possibly. Right. But it happened in one night, so I don't know. It just didn't sound right. To How me. many were there? Uh, I think there were like thirty of them. Oh, like and it, and it just happened. You know, and then they, and then of course, you know, they they didn't want to, you know, tell them they, they they were telling them, you know, the oh we'll deal with this, don't speak about it and scare people, you know, which I thought was odd that they were asking them not to make people panic or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, and of course it would put undue pressure on the sheriff's department because then the neighboring ranches and farms are going to be calling saying, hey, we got issues, we so. got something coming out here, and, yeah. and of course they're going to be watching and being freaking out. Well, it happened again like a week later on a, on a on a farm, you know, not too far away and of course that that's when they began to say, "Hey, that there is something going on here. People aren't just going to sit back and accept it." You know, I mean, this was 15 years ago probably. Yeah, they saw a pattern. I mean, once you see a pattern, that's that's when, you know, you have to take a hard look because, you know, if it, if it's an isolated incident, I can understand sheriff's departments and all them not uh, wanting people to make a big stink about it. But if you've got, you got single incidents that have a lot of the same elements within these incidents, right? These individual incidents having the same, you know, that's going to raise an eyebrow and, and about 20, 30 sheep in one night, I would have to say that if it was a pack of coyotes, it was a huge, huge pack. And I've never, heard of a huge pack of 40 50 60 coyotes in one area that's that's just because well, it that, takes something like that that same area uh-huh. that's that same corridor there was a there was a an incident i should say an incident that mm-hmm. i believe might have been sasquatch related right involving a red-eyed creature did not have a snout as far as i was told it was not it was probably about 
10 years ago. I remember hearing about this. Mm-hmm. 2007. Oh, man, I'm way off. <laughs> 12 years ago. <laughs> woo, I'm getting old. Okay, two years just went by like that. Boom. It was, two, it was 10 years ago or 12 years ago. I'm sorry. And I remember, I remember that specifically because it was right around the same time that I had just moved. And I was actually looking at purchasing property out away from the Austin area because I was sick of the traffic and it's gotten even worse. Mm-hmm. But there was somebody that had given me a story about Bigfoot in that area. And, of course, that goes from that Bastrop, like, cross to, you know, that whole Giddings, Bastrop, Elgin. Southeastern region. Uh, yeah, th- th- that's like heading Austin. from here. That's heading east towards Southeast. Houston. East, southeast, yeah. Yeah, it's it's midway between us and Houston, yeah. which is like Brenham, all yes. that, whole, that whole corridor. There's a lot of weird stuff that's happened out there. Bigfoot sightings have been in that area because it's very rural, very rural. They're just very. Sm- there's a lot of little small communities, and no major towns. I think Brenham's the biggest town out there. Yes, it is yeah. until you hit Houston. Until you hit Houston, and there's nothing there. There's, nothing. Like there's prairie, prairie view. And that's one thing I wanted to just just throw out there to you, uh, Chris. You know, and, and as well as the listeners. And I know we've probably said it before in previous episodes that when you take. The major cities in Texas, if you were to mash them all together into one big giant, you know, city, if you will, you'd be surprised at how much rural land there is in the rest of the state. It is, it's ungodly. A lot of people think it's desert. It's not. We've got different, you know, different types of of landscapes. We got thick forests in the east. We got swampy areas down in the southeast. Um, in the central area, you, you know, you've got a mixture of, of lots of woods and, and rolling hills. You know, once you start getting out to West Texas, out and around the Big Springs area, that's when you have more of the desert that people think, you know, Past like they see. Big Springs, I think even. Yeah. It gets kind of brushy. Yeah. That's where you see the, the that's where you can think mesquite. of those, uh, the, you get a lot of mesquite, tumbleweed. but that's also think of the tumbleweeds. Yeah. yeah that's when you west. think. Going west out there, but once you get out near El Paso, you've got the Davis Mountains out there. Yeah, it's then basically, it becomes a little Chinati yeah. Mountains and Marfa. Yeah, and the Big Bend National Park's very beautiful. But this area that we're talking about to the east of of Austin is very thickly wooded. It's that anomaly, the Lost Pines. They get yeah, that's that's Bastrop. But if yeah. you get toward Giddings in that area, you you start to run into like a lot of pasture, a lot of not a lot of uh, farmland, I would say, but a lot of um, just rough ranch. Yeah, land ranch out land out there. But there there's a lot of uh, trees, a lot of cedars, a lot of, o- a lot of oak too, and too yeah, oak, cedar, mesquite, and and so you you have a lot of area you know out there where these things can roam. And I know that there was some ranchers that claimed to be seeing a a black hairy creature uh about seven foot tall you know but it had a flat face it didn't have a snout so yeah. that tells me bigfoot and that it would they they believe that it was responsible for the butchering of these animals quite possibly but it had red eyes because everybody that reported on it was t- was saying that it had red eyes but i got a firsthand account from someone that i worked with and who was telling me you know that his his uncle out there had seen it himself and so you know, I, I don't know what to make of that. You know, I know that when I spent some time up in Oregon and Washington, that there, that there, there were a lot of uh, people that I worked with and stuff that said they would see these Bigfoot Sasquatch creatures and that they looked very menacing, very big, very large, but that typically if you left them alone, they would leave you alone. That's what they would say. But the ones that we get down here in Texas, for whatever reasons, so they got an attitude. They got an man. attitude or something like they're very cantankerous, dude. And they'll throw things at people. The dog man here, they're very. Uh, I wouldn't. Pretty I wouldn't, much same way, cantankerous. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't classify them as mischievous. Some people have used that word, and I'm thinking, yeah, you're full of crap because that's. 
when you're throwing rocks in people's windshields and you're yanking on people trying to get them out of cars and stuff, that's not that's not mischievous. That's 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 aggressive, aggressively vicious. Yes, and so yeah, and we've gotten reports, and of course, Chris, I talked to you off air about something that happened to someone that I was not at liberty to tell that story, at least not as as of yet. But that is an example of the kind of reports that you get. Some of these things that happen here, like the sheep or whatever being killed, like what you were saying about these animals being slaughtered in Kentucky, mm -hmm. that's what you're getting. I mean, you're getting reports of these things being, you know, just downright nasty. Yeah, it, it's it's very, I guess if, if you're going to make a comparison, you could look at it in terms of look at all the Native American tribes in history. Let's just, just for the purpose of just putting a number out there, let's say there was over 100 major Native American tribes. Well, and He's not you, saying that that's all there is. You're no, saying I'm saying that, yeah. just for just Just, just for, for argument's sake, let's yeah. put a number on it. Yeah. A hundred of them, yeah. Yeah. You're going to have two ends of the spectrum. You're going to have the, the highly ones. aggressive ones. You're going to have ones that are going to be peaceful. Absolutely. And, and, I mean, we can't discount that about these creatures who are displaying human-level intelligence not to be the same way. I mean, we even have animals that are not Africanized honeybees, for one, versus the regular honeybees regular we have honeybees. in Texas. That's a big—that was— we haven't heard a whole, whole lot about it lately, but that was a big issue in Texas for many years, you know, worrying, people worrying about Africanized honeybees. Well, a lot of people are, are you saying that's a Mandela effect, too, is how it just stopped. Yes. Like, there was, like, all these mur the, uh, murders. I guess bees murder people. They kill people. <laughs> the, the, the but they were killing the all these people, and then all of a sudden it just stopped. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, well, the African honeybees are no longer a problem. Well, yeah. I don't know how that happened, but it just seemed like it just stopped. Uh, what you're saying about the tribes, though, yeah. we had probably one of the most aggressive and warlike tribes in the history of all of North America right here, the Comanches. Yeah, the Comanches, yeah. They were pretty much responsible for genociding a lot of the other tribes. And, of course, they a lot of uh, people believe archaeologically that they were the reason that the Aztecs just kind of kept going. Kept <laughs> going it, south. Yeah, when they, came, when they came into Texas, they were like, we're not going to settle here. So they just kept going. Because the Comanches were so dang so mean and aggressive, and once they got horses, and it just became worse. But you know, even prior to that, before they were a horse people, the Nermanai were known as a very uh, warlike, warlike, tribe. and just very dark people. You know, they just they just were very warlike, and they did not tolerate others in their in their land. And you know, of course, I'm actually part Comanche myself. But the the thing is. I know that a lot of the legends and stories of, of the Comanches do revolve around, you know, there being other types of creatures besides the everyday what we see. And, of course, if, if, if they are as mean and aggressive as they seem to be, then a people that would live amongst them would have to be that way, too. Yeah, they'd have to be aggressive and You would have to be and tough and hardy. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Chris, go ahead and, and continue with any other stories or accounts or whatever. I'm sorry that we got too far off on the... Uh, I'm sure that we'll get lambasted by the listeners for for talking too much. Well, I did want to have I did want to ask Chris a question and hopefully segue into his his next uh, you know his next story or experience or you know hypothesis. Chris, um, as far as up there in the area where you live at, how much are you paying for gas? <laughs> what's as far as I guess you could say quantity? How much? Do you hear as far as reports regarding the dog man or man wolf? I would, I prefer to say man wolf. I'm, I think I'm going to start saying that. Man wolf. 
Well, in the uh, Pennsylvania region where I reside, I have a, uh, from the East Coast portion, a very huge number, or at least what is to be a good renaissance for report. But the big thing is, is that even though that you have all these reports on the East Coast, there's not a lot booming through the course of all throughout. Like there's a few in Pennsylvania region close to Pittsburgh where I reside versus a little bit in the New Jersey region, especially in the Pine Barrens area. Now I advise everyone who is curious of the Pine Barrens to check out the Pine Barrens because the Pine Barrens is very – interesting area and a lot to offer and even the locals there they know what's going on necessarily so it's pretty interesting but nonetheless the reports are average I, I mean i would say more or less that they're not it's not like active active there's mostly stuff going down south pa and then you also have just a series of events with just various other reports when it comes to your typical upright canine running around and much like the whole scenario. There was an interesting case, though, involving an individual who was he, – he's he going to give away his uh, information, but he was a former state trooper. Oh. And you got to remember, too, Jersey to Philadelphia, it's connected. So it's not that far from two part from each other. Yes. So when you're going into the Pennsylvania region, you can drive anywhere, even for a state trooper. Obviously, if you're in the same district and same region. But this one state trooper, he happened to be speaking to a guy who happened to have an encounter not too far from Sussex County, New Jersey. Now, hmm. what happened was, was that this individual, he was driving home and he happened to be he stopped by this this occurrence happened in the 90s and he happened to go ahead and he was driving down it was in Sussex County the location specifically not allowed to be talked about but it is close to a forest area so connection dot wise it's not too far um but other than that he was driving alongside this road. Now, the road's pretty narrow, so instantly you can see something from 50 feet away, especially depending on how quick it is. So this creature is on the side of the road. He doesn't even know what to do, really, because if anything, he thinks it's a guy in a costume. So this is the, the former trooper seeing this, right? Correct. Okay, correct. got it. But this is being told from a guy that I spoke to, and this is his friend. Oh, so okay. I just want to clarify that. Okay. I may have met, met miscommunication right there. But the this trooper had seen this, and he was almost like it was like surprised in a sense because, again, when you're working for the law enforcement, you, you know that you have to like – you can't – you can't second guess things depending on how you see it with law and it could be a guy in a costume. But yes. this trooper was just not – he felt very conflicted. He didn't feel like it would be a smart thing to do to get out of the car. So 
he just slowly drives, but the creature sees him, and then the creature just runs across the side of the road, and then just runs into like the forest ditch area. Yeah, but it's but the point is, is that this guy, even though that he felt it was very unnerving, you know, we mentioned earlier when I was doing my when I mentioned that I was pretty unnerved when I went to the Barrens. Right. He. He felt that sense too, but he, he felt like he kind of con- connected to it because he locked eyes onto it. And for the second he saw it, and you know, this this is a trooper, he had any given time he was able to pull out a weapon. You know, he could easily if he wanted to, but he looked at this thing and it and it just literally stared at him. And for a sense, he he thought for a second that he was like, this thing is very much so, like it's a this animal it's not a man it, it, this is this is something not even man it's an, it's an animal of some sort but it looked like it could easily kill me is literally how he described it and he just mentioned that it was just like locking eyes with it he felt that it was the wrong thing to do but once it crossed the road he just drove out of the area and i don't know if he stayed with the force after that i know he was still pretty active but when I found this out, I was curious because it was very interesting how a lot of law enforcement who talk about these type of cases, they don't really – they're not really given testimony because I'm pretty convinced that there is a belief that they know about them. But that's just my own two cents onto it. I could be very wrong. But that was a case that was just kind of startling to me because I've heard a few reports of how – people can sense that connection with a dogman when you're kind of lock eyes, but you know, it's a smart animal and something that it could do a lot of damage to Yes, that that's something that there've been cases where I've heard people felt so very uncomfortable, but know that this thing is a lot stronger and could do a lot of damage if it chose to, you know, that's, that's really quite interesting. The, the fact that, he locked eyes and he sensed that this thing had an intelligence. I mean, that's what I'm taking from this, that he sensed there was an, you know, he could see the power, you know, due to the size and all the weapons it, 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 you know, brings to the fight for lack of better words. He could see that, that, that right there without a doubt, but then connecting, you know, the eye to eye connection. I mean, there's been, I know I've heard of, of reports from people locking eyes with them and they saw an intelligence in them that was beyond that of a dog or what you see in a wolf, something way past that. And of course, again, that's their interpretation, but I'm not going to sit there and tell them they're, they're full of BS because uh, I wasn't there. I will definitely, you know, listen to them and, and take that into account because these creatures, like I've said it before and I'm saying it again, I'm sorry, everyone, but they seem to display a human level intelligence and that. I totally agree with what you said that would be totally unsettling. It would be very unsettling to me. And then on the other side, the, 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 the work side of it, him being a trooper, if he says anything, imagine what they'll do to him right off the bat. The, the force, they'll laugh, they'll laugh and, and probably, you know, who knows? There's so many things. And then, Especially with a dog, man. Yeah. Gonna, I mean, maybe a Bigfoot. Even then you might get ridiculed, UFO, whatever. But yeah. a dog, you know, when you say a wolf. Yeah, something that looks like a werewolf. Whatever, yeah. they're not going to believe you. Yeah, and then they'll definitely you'll you'll get you know you'll get blackballed, and then that that to me 
It's not going to make the force look good. So, hey, we'll blackball this guy saying he's got mental issues. And so I can understand why any law enforcement officer will keep quiet about any type of encounters like that that they've had. Or if they do share their encounters, they, they want to remain completely and totally anonymous. Because it is it is definitely in the in that profession, it's definitely very, very detrimental to their professional career. And uh, also, Chris, how are we doing on time for you? We're doing pretty good. So okay, good. I was just I was just making sure that we're absolutely doing good on the time. Yeah. I wanted to say something about the uh, like the the whole human level intelligence. I really think that everybody that listens to this show gets that aspect of it. I mean, how could you not? But do, do you do you remember when Sal, whenever we were talking about when we did the show about the Ouija boards, which hasn't been released yet at the, as of this recording, right? As of yet, do you yes. remember that there was like a wolf? Type. Yes, okay. yes, we 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 discussed yeah, and, that, and and I think that that speaks volumes about what these creatures could could be. You know, like um, I I don't want to tell my wife's story. I'm trying to get her to just come and <laughs> come and do the show, but you know, her, her and her sister, and then of course they found a planchette. Yeah, you know, they didn't find the Ouija board, but they found the planchette. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that that's you know, I, I I had a story that I just recently I was downtown, you know, this past weekend. And I did speak to someone who had told me a story about playing with the Ouija board and then his sister seeing a wolf-type entity. Right. And so I think that 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 lends credence to the fact that some of these creatures, at least some, are supernatural in, in that they're... You know, like the whole, and he's supposed to get with me about the story so that I can relay the story. But it started with them playing with the Ouija board. I, I agree with you on that. His aspect. little sister, they ended up having something that she was alone in the house. I'm not going to get the whole whatever, but this creature stalked her and and came up up the stairs. She could hear it walking and turned the doorknob to to open the door to the bathroom where she was hiding. And she, she caught a glimpse of a tall, shaggy, blackish brown hair, wolf type, like werewolf looking creature that was in the house, in a two story house. That um, this happened when they lived in Sweden. Wow. And so, yeah, and so they were playing with a Ouija board, and this is what, what became of that situation. So, you know, I, I don't know what to make of that. Like, we're, like I said, I'm supposed to talk to him and get the whole gist of it, but that mm-hmm. was. You know, it was loud in the bar. You can't, you know, so you're getting like a, a piece of it. And that it had been told to me partially before, but I'm going to sit down with this individual and I'm actually going to, to, to get all I can from him, maybe even talk to his sister who actually still lives over there. Oh, wow. But the messed up thing was that it started with a Ouija board and this thing was turning doorknobs and it turned off light switches, which if it is a supernatural entity, then automatically you're going to assume that it has a demonic level of intelligence. Yes. Now, if you're dealing with what we think of as just a dog man that's running around out in the woods, a wolf man, whatever, this wolf man or wolf woman, whatever you want to call them, they have a human level intelligence. Now, there was a debate last <laughs> week when we did your show, Chris. Um, I did disagree with you and Armando in the way that if I believe that if we're dealing with a flesh and blood dog man, wolf man, creature, whatever, I don't think that they have the same as intel- like level of intelligence as we do. I don't believe that they can drive cars or they would be doing it. I don't believe that they would operate machinery or they would be doing it, you know. 
checking doorknobs and turning light bulbs and grabbing handles and things, that's something that I've seen dogs do it. Like actually not in the way that, that like maybe they're not real cognizant of what they're doing, but they see humans do it. So they kind of mimic it. Right. You know, like I had a dog that would jump up and try to turn on the light switch. I mean, it was the darndest thing. I mean, he did it like he was a pretty smart dog and I inherited him from somebody, but I didn't, I didn't have him that long. But he was a very clever dog, and he, he had a lot of little quirky things that he could do, and one of them was he would jump and try to turn on light switches. Somebody taught him that, I'm sure, yeah. prior to you know me getting him, and so he just did it. But um, dog man could be doing the same thing. If they observe us out in the woods and they see us turning on and off lights and opening doors, maybe they're doing that. But I do still tend to, to poseable thumb, you know, mm-hmm. I still tend to think that it, 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 the ones that are that are of that higher level of intelligence, that there is something possibly supernatural about them. Something, and 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 I don't mean like they're from the the the, the hell realm, you know, whatever. I just mean supernatural in the way that it is not the normal natural for us. Correct. There is something. Maybe they come from somewhere else. And there, there's they, a spectrum to them. You you have to you have to logic dictates you're going to have to apply a spectrum. Not you know we have a we have dogs domesticated dogs and if you put it in the spectrum of dogs from smartest to not the smartest you're gonna have one on each end and so dogmen Sasquatch all them you have to put them in that same category yeah I've had different some are smarter of dogs that were not very intelligent exactly and and so the same thing applies to them you know you're gonna have some that are not as smart as the others but then you're gonna have ones that are really smart well here here's the interesting thing like th- there are certain species of if you want to call them different breeds yes of dogs that that i can tell you right now tend to be more intelligent than than other breeds correct but occasionally you'll get an idiot yeah <laughs> oh yeah in that, like, in that bunch yes, yeah because i had a german shepherd now he had a sister who was very stupid and i'm, I'm not disparaging the german shepherd breed but he was smart as a whip mm-hmm but a friend of mine, Rock, he got the one of the females, and he was like, this dog is dumb. I mean, it is dumb, like very dumb. <laughs> and I tried working with him on training her, and it, it just didn't just stick. Didn't, it yeah. just wasn't, you know, she wasn't having it. She was like just kind of all over the place and not able to focus, and I never could figure out what was wrong with that dog. Well, even, even the, in the breeds, brother, you can apply that whole deal about the spectrum within the breed. You're going to have the smart, smartest of that breed, and you're going to have the not-so-smartest of that breed. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's not just subject to the whole general topic it, of It's just that, that certain breeds, like a lot of people say dachshunds are not, not, that smart. not really intelligent, and I've known one that was smart as a whip, but I've known three others that were just very, very ignorant. Yeah. Anthony, your dog comes to mind. Yeah, so <laughs> my nephew here in the studio. But so before he had we... one that was really horrible. He's stupid, and it just would not refuse to learn. And so the point being is that yeah, you're going to have certain ones Different that are going to be smarter, and they'll probably rise up and be leaders. Yes, but you're also, I think, as a whole, they are not on the same level of more advanced humans. That's not to say that they're not smarter than some humans, because there's some <laughs> stupid people out there. Believe me, I've seen some stupid people. I see it every day. I drive around here, you know, see it. But yeah, I do believe that that there is a human level of intelligence, but I don't believe that it is uh, commonplace about, uh, across all of them. No, not at all. I mean, not at all. And I, and I, and I know that I've I've heard of them doing some pretty stupid things too, like yeah. you know, running out in front of cars 
And people, you know, someone someone made this point to me, Chris, and they wanted to argue with me back and forth on the messenger thing. And they said, I said something about, well, they run out in front. It was on your show, Chris. I said that they run out in front of cars, and and there's somebody said, well, they run out. In fr-. Somebody sent me a message, and they said they run out in front of cars so that you'll slam on your brakes, and then they can yank you out of the car. And I'm thinking, not me, stupid. I'm gonna just run right over it. I don't <laughs> care. You think I'm gonna stop for some creature? That, that's that's gonna run out in front of my car. I mean, some freaking creature's gonna, you know, it's not gonna make me stop. All I know is I'm just going to like hit it and probably keep going. And if it goes through my windshield, well, you know, then whatever happens after that happens. But for the most part, no, I'm not gonna slam on my brakes and just wait for Dogman, Goatman, or whatever it is to, to snatch me up out of my car. That's ignorant. And if that's their plan, then that's not a very well thought out plan because. They a lot of times you're hearing these people like the reports we're getting of like dr- truck drivers driving eighteen wheelers. Do you think that they're going to slam on their brakes because some critter runs out in front of them? Heck no, dude. They're going to smack that thing, and and so if that's a plan, then that's not a very smart thought out plan. But this person was persistent about it, and I said, look, okay, if I was a a person being a human being with intelligence, I'm not going to run out in front of a car. And try to and try to hope that they stop so that I can maybe try to snatch them out of that car. That's a, that's a very ignorant. And this person was was obviously they were just going to argue, and I was like, whatever, I'm not going to sit here and, and entertain this. But the point being is that you know, yeah, if that is their level of human intelligence, I don't think we have anything to worry about. But I don't think that that's the height of it, and I don't think that that's what they're doing. I think that that was just a particularly not smart one. And he was running out. And then, of course, you have a guy that was on Brenton's show that observed one that had been hit on the side of the road near near Waco. Yeah, outside of Waco. Out, outside actually, of, outside of Hillsborough. Hillsborough, yeah. Well, that's yeah. going to Dallas going in between Dallas, Waco yeah. and Dallas. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're sitting there going like, okay, so one of them got hit. Obviously, the plan didn't work very good if that's what they were trying to hope for, you know. Um, I know that 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 I, I I get a lot more reports from people who have this uh, like you were talking about the malevolent feeling, Chris. Uh, I know that you get a lot more reports of that from creatures like Goatman and these gargoyle type creatures that people feel that malevolent feeling. Mm-hmm. So you have both sides. I think there there are some people like I didn't become physically ill or feel cold or anything like that when i had my encounter i just thought it was like this is a weird creature there's there's no way to to put it into words really i don't really remember feeling sick you know if i do i don't really remember it um i don't remember feeling nauseous but people do but it tends to be like with the goat man entity in particular People feel a very malevolent uh, presence. They they feel sick. Something in the air. Something in the air. Like I've heard electrical, you know, almost. Uh, but people report that with Sasquatch too. Yeah. That it smells horrible and that it, it they could get nauseous and that they I've heard I've heard people say that they hear a crackling type of noise, almost like something in the air, electric. Mm-hmm. I've heard that with Dogman. Of course, when they stand up, you hear the pop pop noise. Yeah. I don't know if that's a hip thing or or if it's electrical. Or what that is, but you know, it's it's something. It's giving off some sort of vibe. But like I said, the majority of of the encounters, they are brief. They're pretty quick, and I, I. But I'm not getting a lot of reports of people just going like, you know, I'm feeling ill, you know. But a lot of these other creatures, they, they people are in particular the gargoyle looking creatures, uh, goat man looking creatures. 
and occasionally the dog man creature, but not, not, I just don't hear it as much, you know, like when I've, and that's one of the questions I ask people point blank, you know, is like, are, are you, did you feel sick? You know, because that's something that has come up again and again, because in the beginning when I would research and question people, that's not really something I was asking because it didn't happen to me. Right. But then as time went on, I would occasionally get a report where someone was like, it just, I've just felt, uh, like this horrible sense of dread came over me before I saw it. Now that could be something instinctual in mankind. Saber tooth cat is lurking behind you, waiting to snatch you up. You feel that in the back, the, the, in, in your back, your hair stand up because there's a predator there. That's something instinctual. And that's that sixth sense. Yeah. That's the sixth sense. That's telling you, Hey, you're about to be eaten dummy. You better go. Mm-hmm. And so you go, you know, climb up a tree or whatever. I don't even think you can get away from one of those in a tree, but do whatever it, you know, take do cover whatever. in some form or another. Mm-hmm. But like for, for the dog man though, what I think is that when these things are, are snatching people up, which I think it does happen, you know, I'm, I don't know that they're the only thing out there doing it. And I guarantee you there's other creatures out there because I've heard of them, but I think they're ambush predators, dude. And I oh, think yeah. once you spot them, I think that, that, that they kind of give it up because sharks will do that too. There's divers that, that'll, you know what is it? Abalone divers, like is that what the, is that what it's called? Uh, abalone or whatever. They'll dive and they'll see a great white, and they one you know once it sees you seeing it, then it doesn't have that cover, uh, like because it likes to ambush from, from below. Yeah, and they said that the only thing you have to worry about at that point is just you know if it's seeing you head on, it's not probably not going to attack. Mm-hmm. But when you're making your ascent, I was reading about it mm-hmm. that they will come up uh, like from below and they, and they, and they, they come up and they breach and they'll right. grab you and, 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 and smack you back down into the water because that's how they attack. Right. So I, I have a, a theory that, you know, and that I can't really prove because, you know, I'm not going to go out and, and, and try this, but I will say this, that there is something to that. Like, I think if you see the dog man, then you might be relatively safe, at least in the way that it sees you seeing it. But it's when you don't see it and you just get that feeling of dread like you had, Chris. I think that's when you're most vulnerable because you're like, okay, there's something here. I can't see it, but I can feel it and I know that it's here. And I think that that's when you're closest to being eaten by something is when you feel that but you don't see it because the the, the creature knows that you don't see it. And it could be up in a tree. It's it got could the be, element of surprise. It's got the element of surprise and it's just waiting for its opportunity to pounce. And I think you're most safe if you're in a group. People that go out hiking in these regions where Bigfoot, Dogman, Goatman have been seen, ignorance is bliss, dude. I mean, I guess they just don't, you know, whatever. I mean, missing 411. What's going on with that? I mean, obviously yeah. there's something going on. People go missing all the time. Yeah. It, Chris, I got a question for you. Sorry, yes. we dig- Sorry we digressed. I'm sorry. Now, you know, that former former trooper had that experience. Now, you had him, you know, he saw this thing, he locked eyes the whole nine. What is your take on, you know, law enforcement or, or anyone like that? What What is your take on these incidents happening to them? And what what do you think? Do you think it happens a lot more than what people report or less? I think it happens less. I feel that they do have encounters, but they're not really allowed to specify uh, there was a case that Jody Cook had mentioned on one of Vic's shows about how a state trooper, or not a state trooper, my apologies, a, a regular officer yes. in, I think, Kentucky, 
or Ohio, I don't know which state it was, but it was one of the earlier episodes. He had mentioned how there was uh, dash cam footage of this creature breaking one of the windows, and apparently the footage was tampered with. It was taken away from the uh, department. So I believe that there is a huge cover between law enforcement and what they see. I feel some who have seen them tell it anonymously just to get it out there and to know that these things do exist, that yes, the police do know about them. Whereas others could say that it's all just a bunch of BS, but who knows for sure? Because quite frankly, I do believe that they do know. I wouldn't say they don't know because there's definitely a lot of covering up. And if the LBL murders were indeed genuine and not urban legend, then those two responding officers definitely had a very traumatic morning picking up those bodies and looking at them, you know. So that to me, I believe that law enforcement do have a bit of a stretch to it, but I think it's mostly just regular everyday average individuals like you, me, and Josh who see them, you know. Well, my case, but you know what I mean. But the whole thing – whole thing is is that like when you i feel that with these things when you see them i know it kind of sounds crazy but like with things it's strange because they don't they do have a very mysterious vibe to them a very weird peak which does spell out curiosity but a little bit of confusion maybe fear yeah because these things do it's hard to really talk about them sometimes because they sound something so much out of fantasy, but it's not a fantasy. This is legitimate cases of apparent peep canines, upright canines. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely something, you know, you, you, you stop and think about it. And if you analyze, well, we're taught certain things from the time we're kids growing up that certain things do not exist. They're fantasy, et cetera, et cetera. So, Someone seeing that, some serious cognitive dissonance is going to happen. But, you know, you you mentioned the LBL creature. What is your take on that? What what type of creature do you think did that, did those horrific things at LBL to those people? Well, LBL is a very interesting location. It's located uh, in the southern eastern portion of Kentucky. It is basically a national recreational uh, park. And... In the 80s, there was this case where, of course, the this family was brutally torn apart by a beast, and there were two responding officers, and they were quickly escorted out of the area when the apparent feds showed up, and you had National Guard arrive, and that there was apparently a secret military operation to uh, annihilate this creature. And it was going to be a further escalation attack, and it was going to be black boxed, apparently. Right. And this was told through Jan Thompson's testimony um, when the, she, because she's a resident of, uh, well, around the LBL area, and she had gotten that testimony, and it was collected by Barton Nunnally, who, the infamous uh, illustrator of the LBL Beast, which is a pretty good sketch, by the way, folks. Um, I already mentioned that, but anyways, um, the the thing is, is that with these murders, I I keep hearing different variations of the story. Jody Cook has told different variations. Uh, there's also been variations discussed from 
a few other researchers. I know Kumbo has put his two cents into LBL, and it's a pretty – I wouldn't say it's hectic, but it, it, it <clears throat> all the testimonies that you hear, for me personally, it's hard to really see what's what. I always stick to what was first said. But then you hear difference and then it just escalates and it turns into different of theory and discussion because someone else adds to it and that there's resource. But that's the other thing too. Is there a resource that verifies that this indeed happened the way it did? Now with the LBL murders, I mean there's no intel besides what's been told. There's no coroner's reports. There's no photographic evidence of the location of the of the deaths. There's no autopsy reports. There's nothing. And it's a shame because now you have a whole bunch of family members, if this indeed happened, that don't even know what happened to their family that day. That, yeah, it was a bear attack reportedly told by them, most likely nine times out of ten. But then you have to worry about – well, how does a bear brutally maul someone like that? But in that, in that case, it could be perfectly covered up because of the fact of how bears can easily slaughter and tear people as well. But dogmen, the way they do it too, is very mysterious. Now, with the LBL murders, I believe that there was a story or at least a case that took place there involving that and that it did happen. But it's very hard to say for sure with all these constant additions of different testimony and that's where it really gets out of place because there's also the case of the bowman that was brutally murdered and that was told in kumbo's perspective he had went out to lbl with a group of people and discussed the case as well as there was a case jody cook talked about a a, a couple that were brutally killed by a dogman and the fisherman saw it from the canoe oh yeah and that that's a very interesting perspective because now you have two parties witnessing one witnessing death and another's witnessing the trauma and the PTSD of witnessing someone's death. And that right there in that case is a very terrifying situation, but there's just so much in LBL and plus LBL has ghost Indian burial grounds, uh, the vampire hotel known as the hotel California. There's so much, it's like the pine barrens and it's a very tough place to really get a narrow down to, but I feel that whatever had killed this family, and this is something I think you would agree with me with, Josh, and possibly you, Sal, is I feel that whatever killed this family was supernatural. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's it, it is. I know that from what I remember hearing about it, that there was a there was a child that was impaled on a branch. Yeah, up yes. in a tree, about yep. twenty tree. feet up. Oh my god! Twenty yeah. feet up, blood dripping on the sheriff's hat. Apparently, yeah. you know, I I would I would not discount the paranormal aspect at all with this case, just because if there has if there had been or has been uh, a paranormal activity documented in and around that area, well, then you you can't throw that out. And of course, when you you know, going back to the uh, the physical aspect of it, I wouldn't throw that out, or I would not, excuse me, throw the the possibility of a Sasquatch out there. But I'd be more inclined to uh, gravitate to the to the whole dogman being the culprit because of the viciousness of how you know. I've heard the story, and I've heard Kumbo tell the story, and I've heard other sources tell the story, and 
you know, the vicious, just the, just the whole viciousness involved in how these people were just decimated. And then a child, and then way up in that tree, yeah, to me, I, I would judge, you know, when you compare the two, I think the dog man can be a lot more vicious and just nasty all around than, than a Sasquatch. That's just my opinion. That's because it's got the claws, it's got all those tools that it brings to the fight that, you know, tearing a person up, hey, this is hey, this is like making paper mache, it's that easy. Whereas the Sasquatch would probably be more dependent on just complete and total overwhelming brute strength, you know? And I agree 100% with that. And personally, when you look at the backstory of the LBL beast, you hear of this black magic, the supernatural of a, of a shaman who had used his powers for the sake of negativity and evil and manifested the murders of, of thousands of people in the area and regions. And of course, um, that's when the military had gotten involved at that time and they had killed him and he was a creature. And it's believed that this LBL beast is that shaman and it's under the curse of black magic or at least something of that. And it's truly a very interesting case, but it's also very terrifying and confusing. Yeah, I, it, wow, it's 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 hard to really wrap your head around it because, like you said, it's terrifying. And then if you look at look at it through the lens of just a physical flesh and blood creature, it can't be just there can't be just one Roman. All of the LBL, you know, there that that common sense dictates there has to be a lot more, and they're probably still in and around there staying hidden because they probably witnessed what happened to that particular one of their pack, if you will. That's, There's that's just also, my take on it. Oh, my apologies. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good, brother. I was going to say that there's also certain parts of the park that are closed off for unknown reasons. There was a researcher who wanted to go out there himself, and they won't – they, they restrict guns. Guns are very strict over there. They will not. You will not be available to enter the property or premises with a, a weapon. And there's parts of the park that are closed off, and there's no explanation. Some believe that it's because of maintenance. Others believe that there's more to it. I believe it's more along the lines that there's another operation, maybe another one of these creatures. There, there's some sort of breakdown. But it's it's something to really think about in the terms of cryptozoology, really. Yeah, I I would agree with you as far as the uh, closing down maintenance. You know, they close parts of the park off, and if they've had them closed, you know, for a long time, I would agree that using the word maintenance, you know, or saying maintenance reasons would be convenient enough because potentially that could be, you know, where they have it closed off at. It's kind of one of those things, you know, you you hear about with the Sasquatch, the big X's and stuff. Don't go past this point, otherwise you're you know, you're taking your chances, for lack of better words. I think it, it, those areas where they close off and where people see them, it's, it's a territorial marker, you know, for us. But using maintenance as the cover, you know, maintenance reasons as a cover is a good way to keep people out of there because people, you know, it's a park. We're going to run the whole park if we can. And, of course, you know, Dogman and or Sasquatch, whatever, they don't adhere to that. You know, they set their territory and that's how it goes. So, yeah, and... and Along with what you're saying, all of those factors, you know, operations going on in those closed off areas to maybe keep them in line or, you know, keep them out of the area or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I, I would also, you know, I wouldn't throw that one out of the uh, out of the realm of possibility at all. 
Hey, Chris, I wanted to, to, to share a story with you. Sure. I got this story from a, from a listener who, uh, he said this happened in Cahokia, Illinois. And he said it was back in the 90s. He was a kid. Um, I think he was like a teenager. Anyways, he, he and a friend, and he said he wanted to tell me and Sal this story. And he said that he and a friend were hanging out one night in their bedroom. And I guess he was sleeping over or something. And they were getting ready to go to sleep. And they were talking. And they heard screeching tires outside across the street. So they looked at each other. And they were like, what the heck is that? And they both looked out the window of the room, and they saw a vehicle with a guy and a girl. The guy got out of it and started walking down the sidewalk towards what looked like a dog to him and his friend. But whatever it was, it jumped up and attacked the guy when he got close. And while the guy was being attacked, the lady in the vehicle was screaming bloody murder. So the guy tried to shake this dog thing. The way he described it was dog-like thing off of his arm. He managed to do it, and now the guy is backing away from the thing, and it made another lunge at him, and as it did, it jumped. Now, at this point, he said that time seemed to slow down, and that this dog-like creature seemed to shimmer and change. He said, the next thing I remember was seeing the dog-like creature now on two feet and looking like a man. It caught up to the guy as he was backing away, and then there was a struggle for what seemed like a minute, but it might have been shorter. Anyway, they were fighting in the shadow of a huge tree, and it was hard to see anything other than the, the movement. So they were fighting, and whatever it was must have hit or pushed the guy with a considerable amount of force because the guy flew back about four or five feet and landed in a sitting position and kind of skidded to a halt and was looking at the thing, but it didn't seem to want to come out of the shadows. It didn't chase him. And it was close to the vehicle, and and he got and the guy got up, got into the vehicle, and then pilled out. He said, "Me and my friend watched for a minute after work after and but the way he wrote it, I couldn't really understand. It says afterwards, but nothing ever came out. And I don't know about my friend, but I really don't want to keep looking because I had a sense that I shouldn't tell anyone about this or that it would find me. But he said he finally told as he was a little bit older. He said it happened when he was fourteen or fifteen. Okay." He said that he told his girlfriend when he was 20, but he said the year was 94 or 95. That's a, that's a weird story. And, like, you know, this guy, he sent me this story, and he, and he left me a number where I could call him and talk to him. But what do you make of that? Because, like, this is not a that, – that's that kind of story is not a rare story. I probably got three or four more like that. Uh, there was another one, a lady, which, weird and oddly enough, happened in Illinois, too. It was in Peoria, I believe. And this this was through someone who is an absolute non-believer in any of this stuff. He gave me this story because it was his aunt's friend. And she told me this. He says, I got a crazy, my aunt's got a crazy friend who saw some stuff. Well, when I spoke to this person, she didn't seem crazy to me. She wasn't having anything paranormal or anything weird happening. She didn't really seem to be much of a believer herself. I think that the guy that told me that, he just thinks anybody who believes like we do is crazy. But he said, he goes, I can get you in touch with my aunt. So I, And so the aunt got me in touch with, with this lady who was actually her neighbor. And the aunt had something kind of weird to say, too, that she actually did witness something walking through her backyard. Because for, for whatever reason, this neighbor and her backyard, the, the fence was gone between the two yards. So it was like just the two yards were fenced one in. One big yard. Yeah, one big yard. And they'd lived next to each other for 20 years. But this woman claimed that 
she saw <laughs> it's gonna sound weird. She saw a naked man eating uh fruit in the backyard. I guess it was pears or something. And that she said that the next thing she saw was a giant wolf sitting on all standing on all fours at the back door. And that it was growling at her. And it was like she had missing time. It was like it was daylight when she saw the guy. Mm-hmm. But then it was like dark and, and the, the, there was a wolf there. And she said that it was almost like she was dreaming it, but she knew she wasn't. She knew it was real. And that this thing was basically telling her to let it, let it in to the house. And she said that it was almost like I, I wanted to let it in because it was like almost like just let me in, let me in. And it kept saying that it was hungry. And she was like, no, I'm not going to let you in. So then it became more aggressive and began to paw at the glass. And she fell asleep, which is why she knew that it wasn't a dream. Because then she woke up and it was daylight. And for a split second, she thought she saw what she thought was a wolf walking on two legs out the front door. So what are you to make of these types of of incidents or reports. stories? Reports. Yeah. Like, what, what, what do we make of this? Like... And uh, here, here's the, the uh, story right here, if you want to read it, Mondo. Um, it, it's just very bizarre. You know, you get these stories. You get them all the time. And, you know, and, and Chris, I would say this. If, if I was like a non-believer and one person came to me and told me that story, I would look at them and think they were an absolute lunatic. And I would tell them, you're, you're off your meds or you need to be on meds or you need to go and do something. You know what I mean? But. I don't, I know that I am a believer and I know that, that I get more than one story like this. I get multiple stories with these same threads. Here's another one. Um, just a real brief one. I I haven't gotten back with this person, so I can't give you the whole rundown of it. Guy and his girlfriend were at, at a stoplight. This happened in Ohio. And he said, I think it was in Columbus or something like that. And they, this is very, very weird. They look over, okay, and they see in the in the car next to them what they thought was a dog in the back seat barking and freaking out. And there was a guy that was driving. The guy that was driving the car, they said, looked almost like he was, for lack of a better word, a zombie. Because the, the, that's my words. Because they said he looked almost like he was fake. And they said that his eyes looked completely blacked out. Like he didn't, it just, it, it was so weird. He looked over at them. And like he had no teeth, it was just like a mouth and the eyes, and it was almost like a I don't know the way you would describe it, but anyway, they said there was this big hairy thing barking and snapping in the back seat, and that an arm, a hairy shaggy arm with black nails, came out of the window as it rolled down and began to to reach for the outside door latch, and then they saw the giant head of what was a grayish white wolf-like creature in the back seat that was trying to get out of the car. That's weird. And then they had a friend with them that was in the back seat of their vehicle, okay? And they said, "Hey, we can get you in touch with this guy." Well, I haven't reached out to him yet. I'm so backed up on these stories. But the story was just like weird to me, like what is that? What was that? The car just just burned off when the when the light turned green and luckily whatever was in the back seat did not get out and assault them, which it seemed like it wanted to. And all the way down the road, they just kind of sat there. They didn't, it was in the middle of the night. There was no other vehicles around. They just sat there and watched this thing drive away. And thank goodness that it, you know, it, whatever was in the back seat did not get out and attack them. But what is to make of that? I mean, 
I have I have talked to the guy and the girl like in correspondence, but I haven't talked to the third person. And I would think that that story is just another lunatic story, but you get like this same like sort of weird threads with these wolf type entities, which is obviously very supernatural in some way or another. Like what is what is to be made of these stories? I mean, like what what can you? The only reason I would even entertain a story that sounds like that is because I have another one that's, and I'll tell you real briefly, it was in a, I believe, a Safeway parking lot, like, and, and this happened, I think, in, like, Washington, that someone saw a dog-like creature in the back seat of a car as they were getting into their vehicle in broad daylight, and this thing was scratching and, and clawing, and it looked like it was, it had a chain on it, like it was chained to the floorboard. And it was small. They said it wasn't real big, but it had arms. Like the the front legs of what this should have been a dog's legs were like arms, but furry. And it was snapping and barking in the back seat. And they were like, what is that? You know, like like the size of like, if you if you stretched it out, it would be the size of a, of a large dog. The way that they were describing it to me or a young teenage child. What What is to be made of that? I got something for you, uh, Wolf. Go ahead, Chris. I don't mean to interrupt, but I got something for you along along those lines. So hold the thought, Chris. What what do you think, brother? Well, with all the stories you talked about, I mean, the first one, like you you have reports of you don't really get a lot of reports of dogman attacks. And if this is indeed a dogman that attacked this individual, then it definitely you de- we're dealing with something that was definitely not natural to me it doesn't sound natural it, uh, the reason why is because if this thing at first was like a regular dog and then it gets up on its hind legs i mean you would think it would have already been bipedal bipedal if it was a but then again too could it could also I, they've also been claimed to be running uh, all fours i've collected stories with them so I guess it can work both ways, but I guess just the way the story was discussed, it sounds like it wasn't a natural creature. And then with the man, the second story, that's definitely supernatural. A skinwalker, most likely. It just sounds very, very frightening in a sense. And I would think it'd be a skinwalker. I think that story is just too, it's bellish. And then you have the, um, the dog in the back and then the zombie looking individual uh which is a good term to call it because it was it's frightening but this case of you there have been very few reports of where people have claimed to seen them in back seats an unknown certainty of whomever it is of why they're back there or what look like to be dogmen but if that is the case that's a very frightening case and it must have had to have taken place sometime in the late hours because I wouldn't think of a vehicle like that to carry something that isn't a dog or a wolf even in the back. No, this was in the middle of the night. You know, that that's really that's really odd. You well, know, the, the, the sto- hold on one second, though. The, the story with the lady, it was, like I said, a, it's not only one say he's my friend, but a guy I know. That was his aunt and then her neighbor having these experiences. It was It was also, like, Native Americans tend to be, the skinwalker tends to be a Native American. This was a white guy, according to them. It was a white male that was in the back eating. And, and I've fully actually... Fully naked. Fully, fully naked. naked, yeah. And I remember hearing a story of uh, what they thought was a wolf-type creature on two legs eating out of an orchard, too. I mean, eating fruit. So, I mean... That that was all that and that's all they saw, but not in that particular story, but in another story, it was eating apples. 
what I thought was just weird because most you wouldn't think of like a canine type. That would have to be a human aspect there to eat fruit like that. Yeah. Well, some some animals, i.e. canines, will eat certain fruits. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not something that's common. So, you know, that one throws that one up in the air. But the things I, the, the thing I was going to, uh, you know, I told you to hold a thought real quick. And, Chris, I want you to, you know, let me know what you think about this. But before I get into that real quick, uh, after reading that new story you just got, Wolf, uh, the gentleman said that the location of this where they saw this particular incident with the the guy stepping out of the car Which and that one? dog, the one you just told oh, the about Cahokia, yeah, Cahokia. He said that in the story, the gentleman mentioned that it's about thirty forty miles from the mounds that are in Illinois. Yeah, the big snake mounds. A lot of uh, Native American lore around those those mounds, and a lot of you know supernatural aspects are attributed to that area where those mounds are. Um, so this happening, yeah, I, you know. I would lean to the side of sounding supernatural. Mm. So, you know, it's, yeah, I wouldn't discount it just to to say, what do you make of it? You know, of course, you said it, the guy said it was kind of shimmering, and then next thing you know, it it's on two legs. So the, the thing I wanted to talk about real quick is that my cousin, uh, I have a cousin who lives out in East Texas. He had a friend who's no longer with us. He's deceased now. He died in a house fire. But this guy had the story that goes with that is he'd been out hunting and I think he was hunting hogs or coyotes or something out there in, uh, um, I believe it was somewhere around Sam Rayburn Lake, which is in the middle of Angelina national forest. And that he came upon this weird looking, what he said, what my, my cousin told me it was like a, a, I don't know, coyote wolf. It was a canid. Just for 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 sake of argument, it was some type of canid that didn't. He knew it wasn't a, it wasn't a coyote and all the stuff, and he came up on it and make the long story short, this thing noticed him after he'd been there watching it. So it turned on him and it came at him. So he shot it and killed it, and uh, took a picture of it in the whole nine yards. And according to my cousin, that that picture made the front page of the local paper because it was so weird. And he, my cousin, I saw him few weeks ago and he he told me he goes the guy had told him the guy who's now deceased told him that it didn't have front paws it had like hands and um so you know attacked him he shot it killed it but it wasn't real big it it was probably you know a little bit bigger than than a coyote probably about the size of about a 90 to 100 pound dog and he shot it and killed it a pup yeah quite sounds like a dog man pup pup. yeah it sounds like a, a, a very young juvenile and uh, so, you know, what do you make of that? What, what you know, what, what's well, your take on that? It couldn't be a dog man because dog men don't attack people. <laughs> right? What do you what do you make of that, Chris? Yeah, I got to agree with Josh. Dog men don't attack people. <laughs> you guys. It, it's, <laughs> oh, man. It, it's a very, uh, yeah, that's a very interesting case. It's, it's very terrifying. I, I feel with that case, and of course, I do apologize. I mean, well, my sorry for my condolences to that deceased individual, by the way. Um, when you got a case like that of, of, of very frightening uh, circumstances, you really, it's hard to explain in a sense because 
this is stuff that to average people don't really know uh, too much about because it's not in their curriculum. It's not what you would expect. So to see this and have it unfold the way it did, very unnatural experience if you ask me. Like it, it sounds it in a very big sense. I was taken aback whenever he, you know, he expressed to me, he goes, it had hands. That's what the guy, that's what my friend told me that it had hands, not paws on the front. And so, uh, Sam yeah. Houston national forest. No, 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 no it, I'm it, saying like the story about the Sam Houston national forest where me and Nellie, my wife, when we talked to the guy at, when, at the housing place where we were working, remember yes. I told you that you came oh, out there to visit yes, us. Yes, yes, yes. This guy is actually a manager of a business out here. And his brother claimed to have said very similar thing came out on the trail stood there and debated about whether it was going to attack him or not and he felt like it was going to attack him and of course it it had hand looking appendages yeah it had hands on the front not paws and he said it had hands it didn't go up all the way though he said it kind of sat up and then went back down on all fours and then ran into the woods and he of course turned around and went right back in he was only he's according to him he'd only been walking for 15 minutes into the main one of the main arteries of the of the of the forest yeah there, there's a lot of trails out there that people walk and, and this was a main one i mean this wasn't like very far in i mean oh. you know he saw this dog man looking creature and his brother told me and my wife that's well, not surprising brother because you i know you've seen you've seen you know you've seen some thick woods out there i know you've been out through that area and it's thick it's thick and that's that's just an example of what east texas is like well, uh, you don't need to go to east texas go to rockdale yeah you, or you can go out to rockdale what is rockdale like 45 miles from here and and it's yeah. thick thick it's woods thick, out there different type of trees mainly like you said oak. oak and a lot of big big cedars i mean cedars big enough that that you could hide you know, a small house behind one of those cedars, a lot more you would never see it. out there than cedar. Cedar's yeah. more over here, but there is some. And and it's just, it's thick. Real D- thick woods. Different though. kind of thick, but it is thick out there. So, you know. So, Chris, uh, I know it's it's time to wrap it up for you. It was good. We had a really good session here. I know we could probably. Seriously, yeah, absolutely. We could keep talking all night. And I know that you, you know, <laughs> we try to let you get a word in edgewise. I know me and Armando always have something to say, and you are uh, good at what you do like i said we will continue folks to build uh this relationship we have with chris and share knowledge and information i would like to make it a regular thing uh to come back and continue to share back and forth you know and and what we can do to help one another because it seems like when we kind of feel like we answer a question we seem to get two more to pop up yeah that's that's definitely what happens and you know, I, I'm just glad that that we're you know we're in touch with you and we're in contact with you and, and and we've built this relationship, Chris, that we can you know share information back and forth because I, I'm I'm a lot I guess you could say I'm in the same camp in many 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 ways that you are. I want to find out all I can because yeah. this is this is anomalous. Too many people out there reporting it, so. I've got to find out about this just because I've got to, uh, you know, in my family, there's a lot of hunters in my family. And yeah, that's, mine too, both sides. And that's something that they need to know about. And, and as much information I can gather and and impart on them, uh, you know, I am definitely, you know, go down that route and, and, and make it a point to do that so I can inform them. Well, there's more than just hogs and deer out there. Oh, yes. That. That's true. Oh, my God. This has been a good one, man. I tell you. Well, Chris. Thank you so much for being with us this evening, and we look forward to the next time because I'm sure you're going to have a lot more encounters and reports from people, you know, uh, 
for up, you know, from up there in the New England area where you're at. Definitely. I want to thank you guys again for taking the opportunity to sit down and talk with me. And of course, to everyone listening in, I hope you enjoyed the show and that the data and discussion was intelligent enough. And as always, you guys do a fantastic job. So please keep up the great work. Yeah. Likewise, Chris. Yeah, likewise. We want you back. And, And just remember, folks. Chris's channel is The Venomous French. The Venomous Go check French. it out. He's got a lot awesome. of good information there. If you're Dogman aficionados, that's the place to go right there along with Vic's Dogman Encounters. You've got yeah. your choice, what you want to hear. And us, we're on the Paranormal Roundtable. Um, you want to send us your stories, doswolfman88 at gmail.com. And if you like or Wolf whatever you choose, Wolf and Sal. Wolf and Sal at gmail.com. Yep. Definitely send us your stories. We'll tell them for you. You don't want to tell them. That's fine. We're, we're or okay you can, with or it. if you want to get in touch with us and come on the show, we're open to that too. I am. I'm definitely open to if somebody is, is willing and capable to come on and talk about it, then that's definitely preferred. I would rather do that than me tell it than myself. But if you can't do it, I'll tell it. I mean, I'll tell you the best I can. You know what I mean? Definitely. So with that being said, brother, I think we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Y'all have a good night. Chris, thank you again for being with us. Thank you, guys. Have a terrific evening. You too.